Hi, I'm Patrick. And I'm Jeff. And we're making a TV show. With Patrick's writing. And Jeff's experience. We're on the journey to turn this story into the next bingeable series. We're documenting our collaboration. The highs and lows and everything in between. So that you can see what it takes to make a TV show while we're developing it. This is Two Guys Making a TV Show. On today's episode, we talk about story. We've had a few conversations about building audiences that have all gone extremely well, and we put ourselves in a position where we believe our best step forward is filming the pilot ourselves. In that, we need a clarity of story that's so powerful, engaging, and thrilling that people will want to see more. On today's episode, we dive into those story elements. Well, I think the the world building that that's begun and and the reason I bring up the script is because these questions that we were having yesterday kind of offline talking just briefly via Slack um, started to even have me. There were certain things that I, I couldn't believe I was only now just asking them. And that isn't an error. It actually shows you how rich and dense everything is now. But like, for example, Amy walking into the classroom, I was like, well, hold up. Holly makes no reaction to this this event he would know every kid in the freaking town like how is he not how is he just looking at oh yeah new girl like he wouldn't he'd be looking over at this new girl and being like what is going on here where did she come from Mm -hmm. why is she this old and i've never seen her face i don't know her name you know like i don't know who her parents are he knows practically everyone i i would say he does know everyone may not be friendly with them but he certainly could recognize their face. He knows who the troublemakers are. He knows who the good, you know, the goody two shoes are. So, I mean, his monologue essentially establishes that not only does he care, but he remembers the the mishaps, right? He remembers Matthew's name, you know? And so it's not like there's a ton of crime or a ton of violence in such a way that are plaguing his children that he's just another statistic, you know, he remembers. So that got to me. And then I started to expand from there, like, okay, well, wait a minute. Like, how can a, how do, how is a a young woman, uh, she has to eat, like she has to, presumably she's going outside and getting fresh air at some point, someone's going to see her. Like, how is not, and and at that point, it's like, how long would it take before someone in the schools had recognized her even before school started? Mm -hmm. Ashley. Or, or Kieran, or, or even Sal, you know? Because um, none of these people, I don't imagine there are like a lot of recluses in this town. Um, so it just became a matter of like, okay, you brought up the question, which is a great one. It's like, okay, well then what kind of story are we telling here? Because it started to feel a little bit, and I think this is a good thing, but that black mirror, that handmade tales that people are touching on, even, I, I might even, argue just a, a, a hair or a step beyond that in, in the realm of like uh the absurd um and i use that with a capital a academic way of like something is always off kilter at all points in this you know like twin peaks was always off kilter even when it, in its most mundane scenes um and there's something that's beginning to form here when you really think about like how is this working you know like how many people are, if there are players that are actively participating in the veil being remaining over people's eyes, they have to be freaking out, you know? And if, if Hamler, for example, he wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, new student. 
he would look over and be like, what the, like him probably even more than Holly. Mm-hmm. Cause now that's a, that's a, that's a crack in the armor. Right. Um, and she's a very dangerous, she's old enough to know where she is. She's old enough to cause trouble. She's, you know, uh, she's already infiltrated this classroom and, you know, the school at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else would know about this? Larry. Larry would know about this. And that's what, you know, gets him to go confront him. So it's like, I think you're on the right track. And, and we were talking about like, well, how do we, what do we have and how do we simplify it? And it suddenly occurred to me that I think we have much more in the pilot than we think we do just even in those moments right like there's some event things that we're we're like we need to establish these in in terms of creating the arc but there's there are moments of breathing that we can take even within the story beats that we have that are like well hold on like this is a big scene you know like this is like suddenly i think hamler and larry scene together the the first one shouldn't be a a phone call that we just hear a glimpse of but maybe it's a conversation that we hear um I, I was envisioning the privacy of a pep rally, you know, as, as, as the welcome back to class, you know, mm. gym pep rally, and they're off standing to the side. And so no one can hear them because there's too much noise. So they can have a conversation and, and Hamler can get rowdy or not rowdy, but he can get animated. And it just looks like he's being exuberant because everyone's back to, to class. Now, granted, it's not exactly the biggest school in the world, but um, that was the image that came to my mind. So yeah stuff like that you know like stuff where we go well hold up you know like does hamler confront or excuse me does holly confront both of them you know or does he track one of them is he does he follow larry back to his car at some point or excuse me not his car back you know on the sidewalk does he trail him and you know say like hey i'd like to talk to you for a second or whatever Mm -hmm. um there's a lot to play with i guess is is what i'm getting at Um, yeah yeah i think what uh what it creates is um an opportunity to dig into character experience rather than the more abstract ideas that the characters are um kind of living through like when i read the when i read the pilot last week and i thought and i wrote you like i think it's going to need some work so i read through it and there's no real urgency I liked all of the ideas. I found it interesting, but yeah. it didn't feel immediate or urgent. Like something yeah. had to happen. It was more just like an exposition of like, yeah. Oh, isn't this interesting? Um, and what, what I have up on my screen that really changed how I thought about it was in this save the cat rights for TV book they uh first there was a thing i told you about take out the end those words from the end of the pilot and write let the games begin because it it ought to feel like a setup for the rest of the series and i thought oh that's perfect um because i'd been thinking just like what happens here and then what happens here and then what happens here rather than the feeling oh what's gonna happen um, and that that's different. And then I read uh, the the beat sheet in the book for Ozark. And I'm reading through it and I'm thinking like, okay, here's uh, the the goal. Survive the cartel, keep 
keep his family alive, Marty's family alive. Obstacle, the cartel, and their contact Dell. What are the stakes? His life, his family's lives. It's like, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Like, it just felt like, okay, that's, that's really easy to understand, but clearly that isn't the whole story. It doesn't feel like, oh, because it's so easy to understand, it must mean that it's an unengaging story. It's like, like edge of your seat. I, I can't actually watch the show because it makes me feel so tense right now. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, if we have a thrilling concept, how do we emulate that experience that like the feeling like I'm gripping the arms of my chair as I'm watching it? In the Breaking Bad scenario, cancer forces a teacher to use his superpower, his intelligence, uh, to make drugs in order to get money in order to combat the cancer, right? So there's like a, that's the, the that's sort of in, a, in an essence. And then everything else is sort of bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. In Ozark, the cartel forces a, a CFO accountant finance guy to launder money for them. Otherwise, they will kill him and his family. So he moves to Ozark in order to be alone, in order to launder money successfully, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you, how can we drag and drop the same, our nouns, pronouns and stuff into nouns, into this cycle? Like what's forcing Sal to use superpower X in order to go to place Y to do thing Z in order to combat our inciting incident from a high level or what's helped my thinking from a high level is we're i think we're at the tail end of tail end of the transition that we've been talking about for the past um 12 months with this story it started as a rom-com and now we're talking about well it's this world run by algorithm and yada 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 and it shows up like this and yet the pilot everything that's taking place in the pilot is still about that inversion. The bullying is the and the big uh, incident. There's the pray the straightaway camp. There's um, there's all this drama with the characters trying to make do in this world, and yeah. there wasn't much paid to w- what technology is here and who are the forces at work and why. And yeah. I think we're we're finally getting to the point and rearranging some of these pieces that, oh, right. If, if this really is just to be like a setting that everyone, everyone in this community is queer, but it's not about that. That's just a circumstance. Yeah. Couched in the larger story. Yeah. I think what I'm, I'm finding is, okay, so Sal's um, actions that he takes are within the setting, but not necessarily driven by that setting. It's driven by incidents like the camera and X, Y, and Z that we haven't quite identified yet. Yeah, I think that's that feels like the, the transition that we're going through. Because yeah. it, it, it's almost like when you said at the get-go, what kind of story are we trying to tell? It's a different story. 
than what we initially set out to tell. And now we're at the other end of it. We're like, okay, if this really is going to be a mystery thriller, then what is thrilling and what is mysterious? What are the things that incite urgency that make it thrilling? What are the things that are like breadcrumbs so that people are engaged by the mystery? I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, what, what, what would, because part of me is like, as you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, why doesn't Amy just grab him by the hand and take him to a train and go, or say, meet me at the train tracks at 10 p.m. tonight. If you really want to know, we're going to hop on a train. We're going to go to, I'll show you the next town. I'll show you where this train goes. And he's like, okay, one, because he kind of has a crush on her, but two, because it's, it's, his questions will be answered, but you're still asking the right question is, what prompts him to be in the right frame of mind so that maybe she brings it up at whatever earlier midpoint of the script. And he's like, I don't know. That sounds kind of crazy. Uh, And then something happens. And then so at the end he goes, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then he leaves. And now we've established, just like you're saying, we've already, we're, we're building world. We're getting out of this town. We've established that this town is this way. Now we're going to head to the next town, you know, and, um, and therefore, those circumstances, yes, they applied to Sal in the immediate sense, but not in the greater sense of the story. Just they just are, but they will be later again too when we return, right? Um, but it's and it's got to be life or death. Like it's he's got to he has to at least feel like it's life or death. Mm-hmm. He has to feel like, and I mean death in in and also like in, in a symbolic way. Like he needs to feel like his life will forever be changed in a negative way if he doesn't do this. Um, yeah, and not just a, a Bill and Ted, hey, if we don't get an A on this report, I'm going to yeah. be sent to military school. Right, right. Like, Which... the, the, and that's, I had a brief thought where I was like, okay, well, what if his parents threaten him with the pray the straightaway camp? I'm like, okay, that, that's not that big of a deal. Um, yeah. Because it's yeah. in town. It's presumably got a lifespan, maximum two weeks. Like, is that really like, so then you have to create all of the things around that camp that make, end up making the story less simple and more complex and doesn't have anything to do with the, the larger story which is that these are towns by design to homogenize people. Yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, we talk about, it goes back to our question, like, what is this show about? Like what, we have a ton of great themes and everyone sees them. We have a ton of great, like there's feeling and there's mystery and there's thrilling. I think the thrillerness of it is really appealing to people. Um, it's a really good genre to keep people hooked because there are questions that need to be answered, right? Um, it's exciting. It's life or death. You know, I think it's, it's even, even now after this conversation, it's refining itself, but like, I guess we have to think about what exactly it is that we're saying 
how to say it and when to stop speaking again. And yeah, because we've, we've had this Frankenstein uh, concept that I think we're, we're still afoot in both worlds Yeah, where the, the main plot points are very high school drama driven with this yeah. inversion um, yeah. or, or the, the character beats. And I'm thinking, okay, how can we make the character beats align with the larger thriller spy ruled by algorithm piece that we can just set in this environment? And how, how, does that refine the themes of the, the story that we're trying to tell? Probably what we can do is go back and look at our outline and just see like unburden ourselves of dialogue and, and even just scenes and just look at like, what's the logic? Like what logically happens for these characters? Because already, you know, take kind of like folding and refolding this, this dough, you can see like, oh, Amy is gonna become a larger part. And like, um, if Ashley remains, you know, maintains the screen time, she's got to come on this journey somehow so now she's got a different trajectory altogether right um, and we're we not even talking about much faster taylor bobby yeah. yeah yeah like they're they're kind of like just back in the town now so it's and probably ashley as well mm -hmm. um so it just becomes yeah you know, i just got to think about logically like okay what what happens if i had to tell this story to someone on an elevator for 10 floors you know what what would i say there's a guy that i follow on twitter that made a comment um that have been wrestling with don't write complex stories with simple characters write simple stories with complex characters yep. i feel like if we describe this story as it's a cat and mouse story mm -hmm. and a world where well, whatever. I, I lost my train of thought because my phone started buzzing. Um, Cat and mouse story where there are no hiding places. Everything's Something being like monitored. Where yeah. Everything is seen. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's interesting. It's, it's, it is interesting. I, I would also want to, to be like, all right, so that the surveillance part can exist outside of this homogenous homogeneity mm -hmm. so what is it that requires homogeneity in this world um that inserts itself into the theme so i'd want to like we could we could create a um uh big brother-esque cat and mouse story mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with everyone in this town is queer everyone in this town is uh straight everyone in this town is insert identity group yeah so um yeah but this is good though i feel like we're i feel like we're on to grounding the story in something that um, we, we, we can engage people with the story. We've done yeah. that. 
people are interested and want to know more. So we've done that. And now I feel like as we go back to the pilot with the intention to, hey, let's raise some money and film this thing. what, What can align to the professional and thrilling aspects that are interesting and engaging to people? I think what we can do then is say, all right, how do we ground this in the actual script to where it's still compelling and it doesn't like a lot of the impact or a lot of the thrill of the sizzle was the edge of your seat, what's happening, what's going to happen next feeling. And a lot of these high stakes situations that we're setting up. Um, So how do we keep that? alive yeah which i think we're we're getting somewhere yeah yeah but i'll keep poking at it sending stuff over slack um but i do like the chase it sets up a kind of a a nice way for why are they entering all these different places And it sets up a tried and true engine. Like they can be into a place until Hamler shows up and then they escape like rinse and repeat. And you get to, and you get to world build. You get to still hit that thing. Like it actually makes it in some ways like, yeah, we can keep it. We can toss it, whatever. But if they're all gay in this town, like you said, it, it kind of takes its rightful place as like a, uh, I don't want to say a background element, but, but, but like, a, it's more tonal, like, oh, that's weird. And then suddenly when you get to the next town, oh, wait, they're not all gay here. And then you get to the next town, like, oh, wait, that's their thing here. Oh, I get it. You're showing rather than telling that mm-hmm. the algorithm has separated people so that when we get to our final place, we can make that a discovery of like, okay, here's what, here's everything you saw without knowing you were seeing it. Um, and here's why, you know, we just have to figure out, like you said, why do they want everyone to be separated in this way? Or was it just a byproduct of what their real ambitions were? And it just, cause that's what I feel like technology is today. I don't think Jack Dorsey is like, how do I separate people? But I also don't think he's like, I'm going to concern myself with bringing people back together because he's like, well, look, you're going to follow whatever hashtags you want. You're going to follow whatever, you know, content creators you want. Like, it's not my job to tell you what to do. Um, yeah, in fact, so, he tried to take that stance before, and you know, yeah, really found himself powerless. I think. I I think that I, I think that feels right. Like as we talked about what uh, Norseman's backstory might be, uh, that they just so happened to be a company that could pull these levers to make more revenue and get their product out there and grow the company without thinking about the civil impact that that would have. And then the civil impact turned out to be greater than what they were able to control. So ultimately this like rule by algorithm that they're the, they're at the, the the end of the, the tail there being wagged along by the, the, the monster is the human element. Like, so I think what we've, what we could find out is that it wasn't that this group 
started this change to separate people out. People did that on their own because they were so afraid. So it might, it, that could be part of the, the twist. Uh, yeah, just like our, they're doing right now, right? Every day in real yeah. life. Then we get away from that, maybe that, that trope that, you know, Perry was talking about of the, the big bad evil corporation that just wants to rule people. Like, no, I think we're going to just hold up. Let's take it a note from the people who know that are speaking right now. Their concern isn't someone taking over everything. It's that nobody will have control of everything. Like it'll just be this AI that does what it does, you know? Yeah. Um, there'll be no reasoning with it. There'll be no bargaining. There will be no nothing, you know? And that's in some ways even scarier, I guess. Uh, but that feels good. That feels like an interesting... We kind, of, we kind of pulled everything apart and looked at all the pieces and it seems like simplifying is going in the right, is a good feeling. It helps, seems like it's going in the right direction in that way. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Because really it's like, how do we create that sense of urgency in the story where yes. it, it feels like it's pushing because we don't want yeah. a plotting story and we don't want an art house um, yeah. intellectual story. We want something that drives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, my friend. On our next episode, we'll refine some of the story beats that we've been talking about over the past week. And with the new story in mind, we'll move into the project management and budgeting for when we get ready to shoot this pilot on our own. Tune in next week for two guys making a TV show.